Hello and welcome to episode number 87 of the Uphill Goat. As always, this is your host, Andrew Conover. I am good, but not the greatest of all time. I'm not sure I'm going to have time tonight, so I'm doing this in my car while I'm driving back to Provo. So excuse me if the audio is not quite as clear as normal. Hopefully you can still get the message and, and hear what I'm saying pretty good. So today I went to set out with three friends to go and ski the south face of Lone Peak again. I skied it with Ashton a couple of weeks ago and it was excellent. And our hope was today that even though the sun had come out and the temperatures were warm, that because it was coming out of a long, big storm, we could still have soft snow. Soft, ideally deep snow. And our wishes came true. We, uh, we were able to find some really, really great skiing today, which was so awesome. Um, the sun was out for a good chunk of the time, but honestly, we were really surprised with how much cloud cover there was. And up high, it stayed pretty cold, and so the snow quality is actually excellent. And on the way up, the first probably maybe 1,500 to 2,000 feet up until about the second Hemingog, um, there was, it was like already sunbaked and kind of messed up. So that was a little bit interesting. But then thankfully, by the time we were actually skiing back down to there, the sun had hit it hard enough that it had softened up and it was difficult to turn it, but still soft and relatively fun. So that was super awesome. And so we enjoyed a pretty, pretty clean and pretty smooth ascent upwards. We didn't have any problems with snow sticking to our skins or we didn't have to break trail at all because two people had already gone all the way to the top of Heaven's Half Pipe, which is so awesome and a really, really big deal today. Because if we would have had to break trail, it would have been much, much more difficult. And and so we, we started at the Three Falls development, which is the best place to start if you're doing Heaven's Half Pipe or Lone Peak or anything in that area because it gives you another five, 600 feet above Schoolhouse Springs and makes the approach really reasonable and it gives you really good skiing from the car to car. The depth up there right now is unbelievable. It's impossible. There's so much snow all the way down to the car. I mean, the final couple hundred feet, it starts to get like lower snow depths, but you're still definitely not hitting any rocks or anything. It's like, it's covered and it's awesome, which is so, so great because that's normally not the case. A lot of times when you're skiing Heaven's Half Pipe or Lone Peak, you have to hike on dirt for part of it. And so being able to, being able to just go and ski car to car is one of the best things. And we've been able to do it all season long. I think this is my fifth time up in the area this season. My second time skiing Lone Peak and I still have a top pipe three times. And it's, it's been great. Every single time we've had good experiences up there. Um, sometimes we've been a little wild. Sometimes we've had bad visibility and crazy stuff happening, but it's been fun and it's been good. So when we were, when we were starting to get into the actual heavens half pipe, um, it just got so beautiful. The views were incredible. And we were listening to general conference, which happens every six months where the leaders in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, give talks or sermons about a variety of different topics. And so it was happening today. So we were listening to the first session of it while hiking up and, that was kind of cool to be in Heaven's Half Pipe but listening to it. And as we got closer to the top, my buddy, my roommate, who's actually been on this podcast before about what it's like to backcountry ski um, for the first time, you can check that out. I leave the title is What Is It Like to Backcountry Ski for the First Time? He really started to struggle. He hasn't 
done a ton of backcountry skiing. I mean, he's been out a few times now this season, probably maybe even six or seven times. And he's in good shape. He's in the uh, in the Air Force, and so he does the ROTC stuff. And he, like, when it comes to, you know, push-ups, pull-ups, sprints, all that stuff, he would destroy me. But when it comes to hiking up to the top of a mountain, he has a little bit less experience and a little bit less endurance than than the rest of us did. And so he did great, though. He was pushing along, really, really doing well. And by the top, he was just cramping and in a lot of pain and you know you're at 11,000 feet and it hurts a lot but he kept going which is super great and we were so back to general conference we were listening to it and they announced that the closing hymn would be high on a mountain top which is one of my favorites and it's a song about you know being on top of a mountain basically and i was like oh no way there was one speaker between between uh that between um, where where we were in the conference and the closing song had a mountain top and we were at the top of heaven's half pipe still had the final i don't know five six seven hundred feet to the summit of lone peak and i was like i want to be on lone peak while they're singing high on a mountain top obviously not really like a big deal in a lot of ways but it's just fun you know it's cool to be able to, to try to do that kind of stuff and from here they hadn't bro- they hadn't broke trail so I go out in front and just start going ham, like breaking trail in pretty difficult conditions. It's a little bit variable up there, windy, kind of uh, crazy. And I'm just going as fast as I can to try to make it to the summit before they start singing the song. And I kid you not, had I had two more minutes, I would have made it. But I didn't quite make it. I was probably, you know, maybe 100 feet, no, probably 50 feet shy of the summit. And when they finished... So, but it was great. I really still was high on a mountaintop. I just wasn't at the peak of the mountain. So definitely a really awesome experience that way. And it was fun to just be up there. It was surprisingly cold, fairly windy. But honestly, as far as being at a peak at above above 11,000 feet, ideal conditions. Something else that's interesting is when you're at 11,000 feet and you're in zone four, you sometimes don't make the best decisions. I I thought I was being fine. I think I maybe still was. But my partner, John, said that I went way too close to the edge two different times. And he was uncomfortable to follow my stint track and broke trail because he was worried if there was tornaces that I was too close to where they could have broke, which is certainly possible. And so that's something I needed to be more mindful about. I think what's interesting is I was so focused on getting to the summit quickly that I was simply looking for the hardest packed snow. Uh, which was why I went closer to the edge as it had been more wind blown. And because of that was in better, it was in better condition to, to go fast. And that was kind of, that was my glory. I was trying to go as fast as I could. And I kind of forgot about safety in the mountains, which is, which is not a good thing to do at the top of a, of a ridge line at 11,000 feet. So that's something I should have been more cautious of when I was doing that big effort. It was also interesting. I've done very, very, very little intensity this year. But I felt really good pretty much the whole effort at 11,000 feet. So I think what, what I've been talking kind of about what my plan will be as far as racing this season. And what I'm what I'm thinking more and more, and after talking to John quite a bit, is that I'm basically solely going to train in zone two and that endurance zone built in as much time as I can really handle, which I think is a lot. Like I, I had a pretty big this week this week it ended up being like 18 hours and i still feel fine like i should probably have done more so i honestly may be looking at doing you know 20 hour weeks 
between mostly skiing still since we have so much time skiing left but i've been seeing a little bit of missile sledding and some biking uh when the days are warm when the trails start to dry and things like that and also just doing stuff with friends whatever they want to do whether it's you know hiking or trail running or whatever whatever it is so and then but here's the problem like maybe ideally i would just do that for the next three years and build an absolutely massive aerobic base to then be able to perform really really well and in coming years that would benefit me for the rest of my life but the problem is i like to train i really do but i love racing like i love it and i miss it and it's been a while since i've raced my last race was collegiate nationals in like mid-october so it's been like six months and i kind of feel like i've just been containing a monster inside of me and it's time to let it rip so i think i'm just gonna keep training in zone two but then throwing in races whenever i feel like it and I think that I have enough race experience and enough aerobic base that without doing intensity on the bike and just using the intensity of, of the races, I think I'll be able to do pretty well still. I mean, it's an experiment. We're going to find out. And maybe the first few races might be kind of rough. I'll be dusting out the cobwebs. But honestly, I saw pretty high hopes for those based on the little bit of intensity that I have done this year and the feeling that has been there. So... I, so there's a, the weekly race series starts in a week and a half at Eagle Mountain, assuming the trails are dry, which who knows, very likely might not happen, but it also could. We'll have to see kind of how the weather plays out over the next week and a half. So if it, if it's going, I think I'm going to race it and just kind of see, let's see where the intensity is at this year. And by no means am I going to start doing intervals yet. That's what I will do in the next few years is still train specifically on the bike for my races starting in September for collegiate national championships in mid-October. And why, why do I care about collegiate national championships? It's going to end. I'm only going to be in college for so long. And once I'm done, I'm done. And I won't be able to race it again. It's like Nike kind of where it's once it's over, it's over. And normal nationals I can do as long as I want. I can race elite until, you know, I'm 35, maybe even 40. And then if I want to start racing age group, great. Like I can still race competitively at the normal nationals and pro XCT races for as long as I want. But collegiate nationals will end, so I kind of want to put a focus on that for the next few years while I'm still in college. I theoretically might only have two more collegiate national championships. So from September to October to mid-October, I'm going to dial in on my bike training and really do specific workouts for collegiate national championships and all the races leading up to it in hopes that I can perform really well. I proved to myself last year that I have what it takes to do something big at one of those races, potentially podium or even win. I I could hang with those lead guys for a little bit. I could I could drop some of them for a minute, but my endurance was lacking a little bit. So my hope is that after building such a big aerobic base, I'll be able to hang with them and then stay with them and then beat them hopefully, you know, or or at least have a really really good competitive race with them. So that's my plan moving forward, and I'm excited to try it out. I know there's certain pros that that do stuff like this. For example, Killian Jornet, who's a schema racer and, and mountain runner, um, he kind of does this where he races like 40 times in a year, but he never does intervals. He never, ever does intervals, which is really interesting, I think. Um, and in addition to that, he, so he never does intervals, but he races a ton, and I'm, I'm pretty confident I don't know for sure. I need to read his book completely, but I think he pretty much only trains in zone two. 
And the reason why is because it's so effective for building your aerobic engine. And the stronger your aerobic engine, the more potential your anaerobic engine has to perform well. So in theory, the stronger your zone two is, the stronger your FTP will be, your, your ability to race well. Another interesting thing, I mentioned, I think on this podcast a few days ago, I went for a ride and my zone two is now like 260 to 270 watts. Well, I also haven't weighed myself in like six months. And I stepped on the scale today and I was 275, which is quite a bit more than I was before. I believe like at the end of last year race season, I was more like 265, so potentially 10 pounds more. Um, I'm hoping that's all muscle, but I'm not completely confident. I need to be more careful about how I'm eating. I've been kind of slacking in that department lately through the winter time. And so if... Some of it might be fat, which if it is, uh, I need to start eating more carefully. <laughs> and probably some of it is, but then all of a sudden I can burn out really quick. Hopefully, here's my guess. I think I've gained five pounds of muscle and perhaps five pounds of fat in an overarching kind of view, something like that. So hopefully I can cut that down and then keep my power. That would be ideal. Um, just cut off the fat and then stay at 270 and then maintain power. But that could also explain a little bit of why my power has, is significantly higher than it has been um, in my zone two. But just a little bit. That's maybe like 10% of it. I do think that my skiing has been very effective in a lot of ways. So it's been really good. And I'm excited to see how this race season plays out after so much skiing and an emphasis on this this kind of training. It's, it's different than other things that I've been able to do. And I've been able to have more flexible this year flexible with my time as well where i've been able to train more than normal um putting in big volume which has been really really great and i want to keep increasing because i do feel like my body can handle more and it needs more to really get the benefits that that it can have so that's something i'm going to be trying to prioritize and think about is just especially on the days when i normally can't ride as much tuesdays and thursdays i'm going to try to get out and at least do something tuesdays and thursday nights which will be a really good opportunity i think so as always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions about my training plans, my race plans, skiing, mom, peak, or anything else I talked about today, feel free to let me know. Thanks for listening.